beginning at the first verse. Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately, I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people who saw this, all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So it's nice to step in at the last moment. Rod did suggest I could just come and talk about the Passion Play. I had pity on you, don't worry. (laughs) There are a few notices. I will just say, um, if anybody is willing to steward please sign up. If anybody can be a Roman soldier, we need someone to help get the bodies on and off the cross, please help. Um, and if anybody would like to donate anything, there's, it was all in the notice sheet, but uh, please do look at the notices about the passion play. And we have the crowd scenes coming up in a few weeks' time. If you'd like to have a bit of a part, then that's a way to get involved. However, Zacchaeus, I feel like I want to burst into song and sing that l- lovely action song. Do you remember that from Sunday school time, some of you maybe? I'm surprised, though, how often you can come and read such a familiar Bible story and yet on prayerful reflection find something new and relevant. And so it was with this story for me when I first prepared this sermon. The message that was drawn out for me was all about seeing, how we see other people but also about being seen ourselves. Now, after my last talk here about happiness, you may remember, I briefly touched on that, thinking about compassionate reframing of situations, about seeing differently. So it seemed appropriate to use this sermon and develop that theme a little bit further. So there's Zach, a little man. He couldn't see past the crowds, so he's watching from a tree. And amongst all the crowds that had gathered that day, in the hubbub pressing around him, Jesus looked up and spied Zach there in the tree. The word translated looked up could also be used for received sight. It was as if Jesus was given special sight to see right through the multitudes of people and the barrier of the leaves and the branches that obscured Zach And he looked straight at that little man. He looked up and he saw Zach. 
And he spoke with him, inviting himself for tea. But the crowd, what did they see? First of all, I wonder if they saw him at all. They certainly didn't acknowledge him or let the little man through to the front. But when Jesus drew attention to him, what now did they see? The crowd saw and muttered. They saw a wealthy tax collector, and what's more, a collaborator, a Roman collaborator, a traitor, a perceived cheat. Some likely saw and felt superior and disdainful. Some saw and probably felt aggrieved at having been taken advantage of. And all, muttering amongst themselves, likely felt jealous of the attention given him by Jesus and despised the sinner that was Zach. A few years back on a Good Friday children's service, we made some spectacles with some different coloured lenses. I had to eat my way through um, a number of Quality Street chocolates <laughs> to glean the, the cellophane wrappers. Oh, it was such a trial. We were thinking about how different characters in the Easter story perceived what was going on. The crowds, when Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey, seeing through rose-tinted spectacles, maybe. The Jewish leaders, seeing through green lenses of jealousy. Judas, betraying Jesus, seeing through gold spectacles of greed. The disciples, watching through yellow lenses of fear. Pilate, watching through purple lenses of pride, and the crowd turning and seeing through red lens of anger. We too can have our view of the world, and more particularly the way we see other people, affected by our attitudes and prejudices, as though looking through coloured lenses. And just as the crowd in this story saw Zach through eyes that were judgmental, aggrieved and jealous, they didn't see as Jesus saw. It's that classic verse in 1 Samuel when uh, Samuel is choosing which of Jesse's sons to anoint as king. And it says, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I love that. When Zach, well, sorry, when Jesus looked, he saw straight to the heart, to who Zach was, and he affirmed his identity as a true son of Abraham. That would have shocked the crowd, probably. He was not just acknowledging Zach's Jewishness. The Greek phrase is a nuance which is about resembling the nature of. So it's emphasizing his likeness and conformity to Abraham's life. Jesus was declaring publicly that Zacchaeus was a man after the heart of Abraham, whom the crowds would know as a man of deep faith and righteousness. Jesus didn't just see the outward appearance of a man who collaborated with the Romans and accumulated wealth at the expense of others. He saw the heart of a man which had been conditioned and moulded by circumstances and experiences throughout his life that had led to this moment. He saw him through eyes of compassion and love. 
last time in that happiness sermon, I mentioned it in a verse in Luke's gospel. Be compassionate as God is compassionate. Jesus has taken an Old Testament phrase, be holy as God is holy, and developed it. The implication that compassion is the outward expression of holiness. We need to see with eyes of compassion like Jesus did. Compassion like holiness that comes through developing a relationship with our Heavenly Father and seeking more of his spirit in our lives to bring out the family likeness. Compassion, not just empathy, which is understanding the other's feelings. Compassion goes a step further in responding to those feelings and literally means with suffering with compassion. It's so easy, isn't it, to see others as the crowd saw Zacchaeus, to look only at the outward appearance and behaviour and be judgmental or take offence. And this story encourages us to look beyond the obvious, to remove our coloured spectacles and perhaps replace with kingdom spectacles. I've heard of people coming to faith talking about seeing the world in a new way or maybe even giving our eyes restorative laser treatment to allow our eyes to come into the scrutiny of the light of Christ. Indeed, we may need to experience prayerful healing ourselves to remove the veil or the coloured lens from our eyes, to be set free from our own hurts, our prejudices, our fears, our pride, our unforgiveness, so that we can see as Jesus saw. I was challenged when I was first writing this sermon by a ring on the doorbell and a young man was there selling dishcloths. He said he was part of a youth offenders project and I'd been warned there was this scam going around and people were being taken advantage of. It would have been very easy to see only that and dismiss him to build up another layer of rejection for him. But instead, with these thoughts that I'd just been preparing in my mind, I took a moment to look beyond, to attempt to see with compassionate eyes, to engage him in conversation and discover something of his humanity. And what did I see? He's a lad made in the image of God with potential for great goodness, who may have made mistakes, but who wants to make good. To see with compassionate eyes, to see as Jesus sees. You could even go a step further and follow the example of Mother Teresa, who sees each as if she's seeing Jesus. That scriptural mantra, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. Let's turn it around now and consider the one being seen. Zach wanted to see Jesus. The word translated also means by implication to know. Zach wanted to know Jesus. Probably wanted to know what all the fuss was about. There's been rumours of this prophet and stories of his healings and dealings with people were rife. And Zach too wanted to see and to know. He must have known how he was perceived by others, by their treatment of him. It must have been a lonely existence. In wanting to see or to know Jesus, was Zacchaeus expressing a yearning to be known himself? Having heard the stories of Jesus mixing with sinners and upholding the cause of those that others frowned upon, I wonder if Zac came, barely daring to hope, yet with a sense of anticipation and excitement that maybe 
just maybe Jesus might acknowledge him. There was certainly no way he was going to stand at the back of the crowd and just let Jesus pass by without seeing him for himself. But being a little man, he couldn't see, so he climbed the tree. There is still a tree in Jericho that tradition claims is the actual tree that Zach hid in. And though more likely to be a seedling from that original tree, it's a popular tourist spot for photos. And you can see how it would be possible to climb into those lower branches and be hidden by the leaves. I wonder if it was a deliberate choice for Zach to try to find somewhere where he could see without being seen. I wonder if some of us can identify with that feeling at one time or another, perhaps triggered by different feelings, sometimes maybe due to anxiety, fear, rejection, maybe shame, unworthiness, perhaps even pride or detachment and keeping oneself separate, or more likely a combination of many emotions. There was a period of time when I was a student in Canterbury where I attended the cathedral. I wanted to go to church, but I didn't really want to engage with anybody. I think I was aware that at the time my lifestyle didn't really reflect my faith, and I was probably afraid and ashamed and wanted to keep a low profile. And the cathedral service actually provided that for me. But you can't hide from Jesus. God knows where to find you. Those beautiful words in Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? If I go to the depths, I haven't got my Bible in front of me and I didn't write it out. Anybody who know it off by heart, if you go to the depths, even there you'll find If I go to the far side of the sea, even there your hand, will, your hand will find me. Your right hand will hold me fast, worse the effect of. That might sound intimidating or threatening, a bit like big brother watching you, checking up on you. But it's not meant to be like that. Remember, God is holy and holiness is expressed in compassion. God's gaze is not that of accusation, but of compassion. In John 3:17, Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. He sees you and he knows you and understands you and loves you and welcomes you, even when we feel the need to hide. Zach tried to see without being seen. But Jesus looked up and saw straight to him, straight into the heart of him. How do we react when truly seen, when we're looked upon with compassion and unconditional love, without judgment or condemnation? How does that make us feel? For Zacchaeus, there was an immediate transformation. Instead of hiding, he hastened into the limelight, filled with gladness and rejoicing, welcoming Jesus into his home and taking restorative action. It was an overwhelming response, a desire to please, to put things right, to be made new, to repent, to turn from all that he'd been doing before and start afresh. It's as if his defences, the protective exterior that he'd probably hidden behind for years, melted away. There's no need to hide anymore because someone, Jesus, had seen him as he was and accepted him. And the heart that Jesus had seen poured forth a love that had been poured in. Look, Lord, he shouts, literally, behold. He invites Jesus to look at him, to see him, to know him. He's no longer wanting to hide. He now has confidence to stand tall. 
despite his lowly stature. It's as if he wants to be transparent before the Lord and to wear his heart on his sleeve for all to see. Psalm 139 ends with those verses, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. To be transparent is risky. To make oneself vulnerable. And it's really only possible and indeed wise if we are secure in who we are, in our identity. Jesus has been quick to affirm Zacchaeus' identity, a true son of Abraham. And similarly, Jesus wants to affirm us in our identity as adopted children of God. Do you remember those verses? The spirit you received does not make you slaves, so you live again in fear. But rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And the more we feel secure in our identity in Christ as a beloved child of God, the easier it is to live a transparent life, free from fear, shame, anger, pride, and all those besetting sins that seek to blind us and hide us. And the more secure we are in our identity, the easier it is also to make ourselves vulnerable to one another and to deepen the relationships between ourselves. So remember who and whose you are but today, as we consider seeing others with the eyes of Christ, the eyes of compassion, I'd also encourage you to apply that phrase to others. Remember who and whose they are. Everyone we meet is created by God, in the image of God, with a heart in need of God. Look at the person next to you or behind you, either side of you. They are created by God, in the image of God, with a heart made for God. So let us seek to see each other with compassionate eyes, slow to judge, slow to dismiss, slow to take offence, quick to understand, quick to forgive, and quick to serve. Amen. Thank you, Janice. We're going to sing next, Here is love vast as the ocean. That's Jesus' love. And he came to forgive us, but also to be a pattern for us, to, for the way we live our lives. And therefore, he wants us to share the love that we've received. He wants us to share that love with others. So, here is love vast as the ocean. After which Sharon will bring us our prayers. <clears throat> 